0: Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. Although I can't actually see you, I can pretend that I can see you, dressed in your pajamas maybe, on the couch with a laptop in front of you or maybe a TV screen, or at the kitchen table with your bathrobe on. Whatever the case, we're really glad that we can be together like this. Thanks for joining us. I don't know about you, but this crazy time is provoking in me all kinds of profound theological and existential questions, questions that keep me up at night. Questions like, where will I get my hair cut? Or for some of you women, when when will I get my hair colored? Because within two weeks, we'll know what your real hair color is. But jokes aside, this is a challenging time. How are you doing? One to ten. One, this is horrible. Ten, this is kind of like a long staycation. Where are you? One to ten. I think I'm probably a six right now. Well, we want to pray for you and i hope you know of a great resource we have here at our church it's prayers at fpcboulder.org we have a prayer ministry that would really love to pray for you so please submit your prayer concerns to them and they will pray for you well if you're just joining us today we are in a sermon series called 414 philippians chapter 4 verse 14 where we read it was good of you paul writes to share in my troubles. And Eric last week challenged us to set our alarms for 4.14pm as a reminder to pray for those we know of who are having troubles that we can share in. How's that going? Are you able to do that? Well, this morning we're going to go a little bit further into chapter 1. And if you have some paper or a journal and a pen, please go get those and have them ready because there will be some questions at the end. Last Sunday, Eric and his message focused our attention on together, apart. This was a theme that Paul lived with the Philippians. They were together, but they were physically apart. Paul was in jail, far off, and the Philippians were in Philippi. And Paul writes to bring them all together. But not only were they physically apart, but they were also in danger of becoming socially and spiritually apart. For there's evidence in the letter that there was a church division forming around two women leaders. And so Paul writes to do several things. To thank them for their generous gift to sustain him in prison, to mend their divisions, and to bring them together. And Paul does this with warmth and joy and subtle syntax. He uses words like all and every, together and fellow to bring the church together. Let's take a look at this week's passage. I'd like to read it and make a few explanations or comments as we go. We're in Philippians chapter one, beginning at verse seven. And there we read, it is right for me, Paul writes, to feel this way. Well, now what way is this? Well, Paul has just been thanking them in a prayer report for the way they've been sharing with him in the gospel. And he's confident that God is at work in them to, to complete his good work Uh, through and in them. And so Paul is feeling this way about them. Let's continue. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you. See what he's doing? He's bringing them together, all of you. Since I have you in my heart, a very warm reference, and whether I am in chains, in other words, quarantined or locked down, whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, able to go to work, all of you. There he goes again, all of you share in God's grace, you are fellow sharers, you share in God's grace with me. And then finally, verse 8, God can testify how I long for all of you, he's doing it a third time, all of you, with the affection of Christ Jesus. Now, I have to tell you that the NIV kind of cleaned up this last verse. Because if you go back to 1611 and read the King James Version, here's how that last verse reads. Paul says, how greatly I long for you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. That's what it actually reads, the bowels of Jesus Christ. You see, that's where in the ancient world, the feelings were felt most profoundly. And maybe you feel that way too. Paul is expressing warmth and he's trying to bring them together while they're in danger of going apart. And the point is that Paul wants to keep together people who are separated by distance and circumstance. How do we live together apart? As we saw, Paul uses warmth and joy and special words and even grammar and syntax to urge the church to come together even in a dangerous time of living apart. Today we're facing the same challenge as a society and as a Christian community. How do we live together, apart? COVID-19 seems to have the power to drive us apart, to quarantine us, and being apart is hard. How do we keep it together in our minds, in our relationships, in our marriages, in our families, in our church, in our world? How do we keep it together? That's the question. And it's ironic that even as COVID-19 drives us apart, it unites us together. The coronavirus doesn't check passports or visas. It doesn't respect borders or races or ethnicities, or even political parties. Rich and poor both get it. COVID-19 can infect anyone. We're all vulnerable in our common humanity, and we have an opportunity to come together in compassion and service and care. Together, apart. That's the unique irony and opportunity of this moment of history. How do we stay together or at least come together when things are tearing us apart? Friends, this is where our faith comes in. This is where we dare to believe together that God is with us in this mess. That God can use COVID-19 even for the greater good. We have to believe this. This is what scripture teaches us. It's what Jesus Christ shows us. As the virus was taking off about a week ago, my son's girlfriend sent us this meme that has Satan and Jesus in dialogue, or their statements contrasted. Satan says this, I will cause anxiety, fear, and panic. I will shut down business, schools, places of worship, and sports events. I will cause economic turmoil. Jesus says, I will bring together neighbors, restore the family unit, bring family dinner back to the kitchen table. I will help people slow down their lives and appreciate what really matters. I will teach my children to rely on me and not the world. I will teach my children to trust me and not their money and material resources. Friends, God is at work for good and we're already seeing examples of this. In our neighborhoods, we're seeing families, husbands, wives, children walking together, laughing, talking. I know of a local retirement home who recently had a hymn sing and it was better attended than they anticipated. I know of at least one marriage that is actually improving during this time. A young couple told me that because of this pandemic, they are learning to pray together and read their Bible together for the very first time. Even as we're apart, we're trying to come together. And many of you are doing this too in your Bible studies right now, or your reading groups, in committees here at the church. You're using Zoom or Skype or FaceTime to be together. And that is a great gift. And let me remind you, there is always that strange and simple tool called the phone. I am learning that the phone is my friend right now. I can't get into hospitals or retirement facilities to visit. It wouldn't be safe. But I can use the phone, and so can you. The phone is wonderful because we can hear each other's voices as we talk. Now, I'm aware that the phone separates us generationally. Many of you are old enough to remember party lines. Uh, some of you, like me, when you were a teenager, you had only one or two phones in the house and a long, stretchy cord, and your parents kept yelling at you to get off the phone. Some of you don't like to use the phone at all. You'd rather text. But let me encourage you. Use the phone to contact someone, to reach out and touch someone. In fact, that was the advertising slogan that was very, very popular in 1979. Bell Telephone, which later became AT&T, had this advertising campaign, reach out and touch someone. They wanted us to use our phones to reach out to friends and relatives who were at a distance and connect with them. And that's what I hope we can do together today. Remember, Paul used the technology of his day, a letter, and the infrastructure to deliver that letter, he used that as a way of bringing together people who were apart. Let us use at least the telephone and all the technology at our disposal to connect with each other and with others during this time. Now we're ready for you to take out your journal or your paper and your pen. I have two questions to leave you with. I'll read them, and then I'd like to invite you to press pause and reflect on them either individually or together, here are the questions. Within our church, who can you reach out to and express your care? Within our church, jot down some names, maybe one or more of people you can reach out to encourage right now or this week. Second question. Outside our church, who can you reach out to and express your care? People need comfort right now. People in our greater social network, a coworker, a neighbor somebody else that you uh, haven't seen in a while. Reach out and touch someone. Think about these things for just a few minutes. Thanks for doing that. Friends, God has the power and the goodness to bring greater good out of this time. Our job is to trust in God and to respond and be part of what God is doing in this very unique time. May God give us the grace to do that now. Amen. Ash, please come and pray for us.